I am one of your hosts, Jarvis, and with me always is... Nisha Hapel. Perfect. So, Nisha, how's your week been? It's been a busy one for us. I mean, footy's in all swings with the preseason games and the women's league coming to their final few stops. Yeah, the pointy end. So, how are you feeling about it all? Um, yeah, outside of footy, it was a pretty big week of just work and uh, uni going back. And yeah, just like to apologize again for our episode being a little bit late due to some of those factors. Um, but again, as you touched on, it's a huge time in the footy world. The girls' season is really ramping up, and it's going to be a very fast and hard fight to the finish to see who can make that top six and make their way to finals and then obviously we had the excitement of uh, pre-season matches for the men Mm. and um, just seeing some players return from long-term injuries and some players in their new colors is always interesting to see that for the first time it's very fun to see people in new colors you Mm. see what they've got a taste of and you know how if they've improved or not i get to say my little uh everyone looks better in navy blue comment about a hundred times so yeah i mean i'm not sick of it that's for sure (laughs) i like she tells me and i'm just like okay yeah sure niche whatever so how's your week been it's been all right it's been long you know uni started back up we've had so much football over the past week say it like it's a bad thing it's just a lot you know (laughs) there's only so much time on the couch watching a football match i can take before we fall asleep yeah (laughs) when the couch is so comfortable um yeah just been a bit of a big week you know going out having a bit of fun nights on out of town you know as us youngies do (laughs) um yeah, I'm just ready to get, get straight into this. What do you reckon? I am very ready to get into it. So, let's not wait any longer. What was yeah. your top footy moment for the week? Um, well, you know, we had a lot of highlights and lowlights, I guess you could say, uh, between the men's and the women's uh, football matches this week. Um, but I wanted to... My top footy moment for this week, I'm just trying to piece my words together, is going to be Daisy Pierce from the Melbourne side Um she came in um, against the Saints and really showed what she could do in the forward line. Normally, she is a person that stays in the back and kind of does her thing back then, you know, defends well. But Melbourne needs someone up forward and mm. they chucked her down and she could see the you can see the experience and the uh, the amount of range, I guess, she has as a player um, to not only play in the back, but now in the forward as well, scoring two goals. Um, and you know just helping around that midfield as well yeah I think with Daisy she's one of those special players that has such a footy brain so in the end it doesn't matter where on the field she is she's not gonna lose that footy brain and that intelligence and uh, yeah definitely um, seeing her go up for for was a new but a pleasant experience for well, anyone that watched on yeah I mean it helped out Melbourne get the victory over St Kilda so that's mm. a very positive thing you know two goals goes a long way in the women's league definitely um yeah how about your top footy motor this week it's so so hard to choose from well i i kind of teased you last night a little bit and uh, said that it, it definitely came from the carlton victory mm-hmm. and um we're, we're, oh no you lost the men's sorry forgot sorry, the women's obviously <laughs> and it is obviously none other than gab pound's goal yeah, um, that was sick, actually. That one I, I can't let go of. She's my favourite, as you all are well aware of by now. And uh, a nice goal from about 45 out on the run. And, uh, 
definitely got the momentum flowing. It, it was a bit of a rough I guess, start. Uh, yeah, a bit of a rough start. The Cats got the first on the board and, um, you know, we saw Maddie Pressbarkers go off with a sore elbow. And then mm-hmm. as soon as Maddie came on, she handed the ball off to Gab and Gab kicked that goal. So it was definitely a, a momentum shift. And uh, yeah, one that uh, got the, all the girls up and about. So I'm never going to go past a Gab Pound goal there. Yeah. They're few and far between because she typically stays down back as well. But both of our top footy moments are defenders kicking goals. So yeah. shout out to all the defenders out there. They can do it all. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you obviously got some of the men's stuff as well. Quick honourable mention to that sick goal that Marcus Bont- Bontempelli took in the, uh, what was it, the final quarter? Was it the third or final quarter? I think quarter? it was the third quarter. Third quarter, yeah, when he like just started popping off. He obviously yeah. had two just, just bombs like outside 50. and then flung his whole body back. And yeah, flung the back and just around the corner and was somehow able to get it. Goal so. sense was just goal insane. Goal sense, yeah. Yeah, you saw a lot of uh, skill and finesse from some of the, the boys that have been... Uh, waiting to get out on the field yep. and, and again in front of a crowd in yeah. Victoria was Gets really exciting. Um, we didn't make it to any of the games, nope. unfortunately. <laughs> nope. um, we had work on our respective men's games days. Yeah, and, we did too. Uh, yeah, so unfortunately we didn't make it, but we'll be definitely looking to get to the footy in round yeah, one. Definitely. So hopefully we're just able to get tickets because, you know, that's the hardest part of them all. That is the hard part. Thank you. Anyway, we have got some news stories for you this week. Really? Uh, obviously, that's what you come here for. <laughs> um, couple of highlights, couple of lowlights. In fact, more so a couple of lowlights and a highlight. Um, so we'll kickstart with the bad news so we can build up to the good news, I reckon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sounds great. Um, so it looks like we've got a couple, a couple more season-ending injuries. Yeah, we had a uh, a lot of different little injuries and pull-ups in a lot of the preseason men's games, but these are the ones that are going to be quite long-term for yeah, these players. A long way back. So the first one, uh, it is confirmed that Mimi Hill, eighteen-year-old um, first-year player from Carlton AFLW, uh, she has ruptured her ACL. So we spoke a little bit about ACLs last week and how devastating is particularly when these girls go down because of the special programs that they're on to try and counteract this. And um, obviously being a first year player, she'd played all six games so far, kicked her first two goals last week against North. So she was really starting to hit her stride. And um, yeah, she she went down and looked to be in a lot of pain, yeah. um, clutching at that knee. So um, again, it was just that odd little tweak, you know, landing yeah. on the foot that kind of just did did the AC joint no favors. Yeah, she was um, attempting to tackle an opponent, and her knee just yeah. got caught on that weird angle. Now, there's another suspected ACL. This one is yet to be confirmed. It may be confirmed by the time we've released this, so just put that out there. Um, But Cam Rayner, fourth-year player, 21-year-old, from the Brisbane Lions Football Club. Mm, This one's pretty pretty tough. It's a tough tough pill to swallow if you're a Brisbane fan, that's for sure. never want to see an injury like this ever but in a preseason game it just hurts a little bit more yeah especially no, you're not you know doing anything on the line it's just to kind of get a bit of reps in and get you know the momentum flowing back through mm. um so it sucks that it's a, pota- a potential um acl inju- injury i can't speak today um <laughs> and right now it's just you know a really good star player that you know is slowly building his own portfolio i guess if you could say the least yeah obviously um he was a former number one draft pick 
and um, he was chasing after the football and again landed awkwardly on that knee. Um, all the best to those two players. It will yeah. be a pretty long road back, you'd think, for most of them. Yeah, especially um, with AC, ACL joint. Sorry, ACL joints. Um, they they take you know a couple a year at least at minimum to you know get back into not only the recovery period um, Mm. but even after that as well yeah and then we saw a couple more non-season ending uh sorry no non-season ending injuries it's been a long week (laughs) (laughs) to uh james frawley of st kilda he seems to have pulled a hamstring so james frawley he came out of retirement to join the Saints. So, obviously, that's not the way you want to start off your stint at a new club. Definitely we, not. We also saw Zach Langdon from West Coast. Yes. Um, he got stretched off after a, after a nasty head knock against Nat Fife, and even Nat Fife was a little bit sore, yeah, and we was, know how tough he rocked. is. Um, and then we also saw Rory Lobb from Frio yeah. um, go off a little bit gingerly. Obviously, these injuries are ones that hopefully might only be uh, a missing of the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, maybe a concussion or two, you know, a couple of weeks out and then yeah, they'll be the back into it. Rule. Yeah, and they're not career-ending career end, <laughs> career end, uh, injuries, uh, but, you know, for a preseason game, you don't want it to be anything more than a few days off mm-hmm. and then back right back at it, you know? That's another good point is that... There were a few other players to go off the ground and, yeah. and, and go onto ice, but um, typically that's what you see in a preseason game where yeah, you know you don't want to push your good players or your really important players too hard in the preseason game. So if, even if they get a little niggle that they could typically play through, it's just best to to not risk it. So that's probably why you saw players like Aaron Norton of the Bulldogs, Harry Mackay of Carlton, yeah, those sorts of players, Weedering from Carlton as well. They they sat the bench for the last little bit of the game after tweaking um, yeah, you, their respective injuries, yeah. a forearm, a, an ankle and a quad, I think it was to Weedering. Um, so another sad story coming our way. Yeah, this um, is back at the St Kilda camp as well for this one. Um Dylan Robinson has officially called it quits and is retiring from his AFL career. Um this is after his battle with heart issues over the past few years. Um obviously there was the game back in when was it 2018? 2018 he, with Geelong where yeah. he just collapsed on the ground wasn't being marked on by anyone. He just went for it. He said he felt dizzy, apparently, and then just collapsed. Yeah. Um, I think later it was known that it was a heart condition that he has. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he, he only went on to play one more game following that game. Yeah. And um, obviously it had been a long and, and hard road back to that point. Um, and he managed to play 129 games for the Saints, so a very commendable effort. Yeah. He was one of those players who was super reliable and super consistent across his career. So... Um, definitely going to be missed uh, and a bit of a, a tough pill to swallow for some Saints fans. But um, he's made the decision to put his family and his future first. And uh, from advice from doctors and all of that, he's decided to um, hang up the boots and um, put his family in first and focus on his future. So yeah, you can definitely understand why he's made that call, but it doesn't make it any easier for, for fans. Especially especially when you're dealing with the heart. The heart's the thing that kind of... That and the brain is the one that makes your body move and, you know, makes you 
alive pretty much. <laughs> so if you start pushing your heart too far, you're going to... You don't want it to stop pumping. Yeah, you don't want to stop pumping. Otherwise, you know, you, you won't be walking and won't be able to enjoy the uh, the football season, you know? So it, it sucks, but you in these situations, you want to think of your family. You want to think of your future as whatever it could be after yeah. football life. Footy only lasts so long. Yep. Um, so, yeah, definitely a, a shout-out and a congratulations on a fantastic career. Um, yeah. A pity it had to end that way for Dylan and all the best for him and his future. Absolutely. Um, into our final story bit for this news. week. Bit of good news. Let's, let's leave it off with a bit of a high. <laughs> let's talk about the preseason draft a little bit. Um, we'll start off with... Mac Jack Door. So we've been peppering this story a little bit. We've been updating you along the way. So yeah. tell us a little bit about what's happened with Mac Jack. Yeah, so um, the former North Melbourne player has been uh, granted a lifeline where he has been able to be put on the Melbourne rookie list for this year. So hopefully um, after Mac Jack coming back last year um, towards the end, I think, of the 2020 season uh, after a long battle with mental health issues, um, was able to come back and kick his goal, kick his goal for the f- season. I think mm. it was a, it was only his his first goal, right? I think so. Yeah, so he kicked one goal for the North um, for that game. I think he only managed to play four games. Or yeah, so. I think he only played a couple more games after that, and then yeah, was sidelined for the rest of the season, but has been able to take an opportunity that Melbourne have given him. Obviously, he's got Ben Brown there, who is also a former North player. So hopefully he's got a bit of a link there to help him out. A bit of chemistry. I think it's a smart move by the D's. Um, Obviously they needed some power up forward and they're going to be missing Ben Brown and Sam Wiedemann for the first four weeks of the season. Four games. Um, You know, you wouldn't think that it would be a a long career at uh, Melbourne for Dor, considering it's his 30th birthday on Thursday. So happy birthday, Majak. (laughs) Happy 30th birthday. (laughs) Four. Yeah, I know. So hopefully he can just finish off his career um, on a bit of a high at Melbourne and yeah. Just have a bit of fun, you know. So we've also had two other um, players signed through the preseason supplementary draft. One of them, uh, Alec Waterman, signed last week with Essendon. Now he's 24 years old. You may recognise the name as his brother plays for West Coast and his father was also a... Uh, a great footy player back in the day. Um, he also had a, a stint at the Eagles, um, but that was interrupted by a long-term illness. So mm. he's had a bit of time out. He's played over in the Waffle, and obviously Essendon saw enough signs um, through the practice match against Carlton and then also against Geelong to uh, give him a chance on a rookie list. And mm. the final player to get picked up Who is... is Anish? Oscar McDonald, he's Ooh. been signed to the Blues. Now, I think it's a smart move. Um, <laughs> I am I'm not too convinced. Uh, obviously, he played 81 games across six seasons with Melbourne. So he's coming in with a little bit of experience. He's 24 years old, um, mm. so a good age and a good size. He's 196 centimetres tall. So considering Carlton's ruck stocks at the moment are a bit limited with DeConning being injured for the start of the season it's not a bad move to bring him in as a, an optional backup ruckman if mark pitnett was to go down we'd be in a little bit of trouble and yeah. it would probably be you know on kaz bolton and Mackay who typically play forwards yep. to step into a ruck role so bringing in um oscar brother of tom obviously from melbourne as well yeah um 
good move by the Blues, I think, and obviously just on a one-season rookie contract. So Just trying to give your team a bit more depth, I guess, as well, so it kind of helps. Definitely. I'm excited to see how these players uh, adapt to their new clubs and hopefully they take their lifeline and, and run with it. We've definitely seen mature age recruits come in uh, at other times in pre-season drafts and mid-season drafts and really prove their, their worth. So good luck to all these players. Yes. So for our major segment today, we're just going to have a run through of these preseason matches that we've mentioned endlessly so far in this podcast. So if you didn't get the opportunity to tune in um, to these matches, here's a little rundown for you. Yeah, so we'll start off with the the opening game, the Thursday night game, yes. Carlton versus Saints. Obviously not the result you probably wanted to have niche, but, you know, it's only preseason. Yeah, I mean, like you say, not the, the result. Obviously, you, you want to win. Nobody ever goes into these games wanting to lose. But um, considering the, the strength and depth that Secilda has and, and presuming they're going to, again, be a, a top eight, maybe top four side this season, yeah. um, the Saints ended up beating the Blues by 26 points. I'm not completely crushed with that result. I saw positive signs. And also the fact that, like we mentioned, Harry Mackay went out of the game at the end of the first quarter, leaving us without a tall forward target for yep. the majority of the game. So, you also then had Weedering out. Um, when did he go out? Um, they were both, uh, Wiedering and Nunes were both thir- late third quarter, third quarter I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's when they started kicking away though, was that third, third, fourth quarter? Um, no, we, we did fight back in early into the fourth quarter and then, um, right with about five minutes to go, the Saints piled on about three or four goals yeah. just to get away yep. again. Um, but yeah, we definitely ran out of legs. The quarters going back to longer... 20 minutes. 20 minute quarters. Well, not longer than normal quarters. Obviously, they were shortened last season. Um, and it's good to see that again, though. And this was obviously, but... other than the practice matches, our first real look at the standing on the mark rule, which yeah. we discussed last week. What's your take on it now that you've kind of seen it a little bit more put into action? Um, It's... It's weird because, like, the second the the umpire says stand, it doesn't matter where by the looks of it where the if it's in the in the line of the mark or not, you they just have to stand. They can't move the second the umpire say it. So it leaves in like some weird, weird situations where a player may not be necessarily facing the other of the opposition. Mm. They're sometimes standing side on or in like a, just a weird different position than you'd be used to. And they yeah. can't move because obviously then they're going to get a free 50. So it's leaving players, I guess, a bigger opportunity to run around and maybe find more openings, I guess. I don't necessarily dislike it when it's... It, it's not jarring, I think. I think it's just frustrating kind of going off again what we touched on last week. Uh, pretty much the fact that the players can't even adjust their footing. Yeah. And it kind of... I guess the player, like you said, can just run around and essentially by the time the umpire's called play on, it's very hard for the defender to catch the yeah. attacker. Um, so it's just a matter of the the boys getting used to fighting their instinct as well because I think it's a really big instinct just to follow your player and, and if that player steps sideways, off, off you go, but you do have to wait for that umpire's call. Um, 
like you said, I wasn't totally frustrated by it. Obviously, the players have adapted pretty quickly yeah. like they have to. I th- did they? I think they had a bit of a know about this rule a little bit beforehand too. So I think they've had a few like... They have had practice, it through training. Yeah, yeah. training, practice matches to kind of get used to it at least. So I think seeing it and watching it... Um, it, it doesn't look jarring. It doesn't look like the they've just given Clint's out 50s, the the umpires. It seems like the, the players know, you know, what they need to do to not give away these free opportunities for their opponents. So I don't think it was jarring. I think it was a bit weird at times. But I think as it plays on, I think we'll kind of get used to it, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I agree. We always make a big deal of these rule changes when they're first introduced and, and then they suddenly just become part of it and... And if it, if it doesn't fit, then I'm sure the AFL will can it. If it does fit, we'll, we won't notice it in a few weeks' time. Yeah. Um, just a shout-out to some particularly good in individual performances. Yes. Obviously, uh, one of the this season's favourites for the Brownlow, Jack Steele of oh, the Saints. Yeah. He collected 27 disposals. Absolute uh, gun. Excellent efficiency. And, uh, yeah, he, he used it by foot very well, 16 kicks, five marks, um, six tackles, really led from the front. Um, and then a bit of a surprise packet for Carlton, uh, Jack Silvani. He actually stepped oh, yeah. up and kicked oh. three goals in the absence of... And had one of the best television moments of the in the world. You want to tell us about Stephen Silvani, do you? Yeah, so Stephen Silvani, you know, sitting there watching the footy, not impressed by anything by the looks of it. And his son goes and kicks a really nice goal. Yeah, after taking a nice mark, kicks, goes no. and kicks the goal. Cuts cuts to uh old old man Sinclair. No Steve, Sinclair. Stephen Sorry, Sinclair. I've got Sinclair on my screen here. Um, sauce. <laughs> yeah, sauce. Cuts to sauce. Um, and, my uh, brain's fried. Um, and you know, good old wifey is Joe uh, Silvani's giving him a bit of a nudge. Saying, Come nudge, on. G- nothing. He's got nothing. No emotion. Not even a reaction <laughs> for the goal. Not even a clap. He was just sitting back there, looked like he was dazed as all hell. Mm, so very hard to impress oh. Stephen Savani. Um, Sorry, my brain's everywhere. No, that's okay. You got the story across. <laughs> Jack kicked goal. Stephen not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe with a bit of a nudge. And Joe gives the nudge. Um, so yeah, a couple of really good individual performances. I think St Kilda are going to be a team that are going to be really fighting for yeah. this. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Friday night's game before we uh, go on for about an hour get, and a get half. Stuck in the yeah. one spot. Um, so Friday night we saw Richmond beat Collingwood by six points. Yes. Another really good contest. I thought Richmond yeah, would probably, you know, take take this one away, but uh, Collingwood definitely held their own. Um, yeah. Interesting to watch. Uh, as uh, Crisp and Dugowie were probably best on ground for the Pies. Yeah, Dugowie actually had a good showing. I think he's maybe with the preseason actually become back on form a little bit. Obviously, he's had a whole bunch of drama and controversial stuff with him over the past year, year and a half. So there's that. But he showed that, you know, he's a guy that can be, you know, watched. Yeah, I think the thing with Dugowie is just building consistency. And if he can get 27 and kick two every week, he'll definitely be a gun in his own right. I just feel like people jumped sorry for this pun, jumped the gun with calling him a gun because um, he was only, you know, kicking a few goals every few weeks and then he'd kind of go, have a tendency to go missing. So if he can rack up disposals and kick goals, then he's definitely going to go a long way in reaching star status. Absolutely. Now from Richmond, we had a very, very dominant performance from Jaden Short. Yes. 
Have you had a look at that? I have. I have had a look at that. Forty-three disposals. He's uh, not a bad nice work. Thirty-five kicks. Uh, you know, twelve marks, three tackles. Not bad. Not bad at all. Obviously, um, I mean, the midfield for the Tigers are uh, one of the elite level ones. So I mean, however, you typically see the midfield for the Tigers um, share the ball a bit. So yeah. You, so you won't see necessarily one guy stand up above the rest but the thing with Jaden Short is he actually plays off the halfback so that's him collecting his disposal across there running carrying the ball and he's got one of the best kicks at Richmond Football Club undoubtedly nothing more important than a, than an excellent kickoff halfback is there we'll get back into that later <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll head on to the next one um Saturday uh afternoon game it's North versus Hawthorne obviously Hawthorne beat North by 39 points um. Yeah. Who was the standout ones for these ones? Um. So definitely a a good contest up until the point. Then the the Hawks came away with it. Yeah. You're probably looking at uh, Tom Phillips as yeah, the big I was, name to watch. I was looking at Tom Phillips as well. So in Collingwood's trade controversy, uh, they they handed off top Tom Phillips for a pick sixty five, and he's gone out and taken. 30 disposals and kicked one goal, one and uh, 141 ranking points. So that's a tremendous effort. And it's a bit of a uh, stuff for you to Collingwood. I'm worth more than pick 65 in, in a way. <laughs> but, um, you know, definitely and one Hawthorne to would be happy. Hawthorne would be happy. Hawthorne would be absolutely <laughs> thrilled with that. Um, for North, you had your, your usual suspects in Luke McDonald and Jack Siebel being super exciting yep. out the middle. And then obviously then you pick up as well, also from Collingwood, Jaden Stevenson, who's come yeah. out with a bit of a point to prove. He was he was all over the media Seems like week. people from Collingwood just have a point to prove. Well, I think they feel a little bit snubbed by that club and they, and they just want to say, I'm worth more than what you gave me away for. So, I His mean, if that's, what fingers, it, if that's what it, it takes to motivate it. <laughs> Might as well. Um, next game, we had... The Geelong Cats versus Essendon. Cats winning by seven points. Obviously, we got to see um, Jeremy Cameron in action. Uh, mm. the, one of the bigger trades from the... Uh, the, the uh, what's it called? The trade season? The trade, I can't yeah, speak. Trade. So, yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, the Geelong midfield is one of those elite midfields as well when you've got um, Dangerfield in there, Stewart, Guthrie... Dan- uh, I already said Dangerfield. Um, <laughs> um, my head is spinning. Um, yeah, and then obviously you've seen the Essendon side kind of in that rebuilding phase. Um, obviously with a lot of blows, um, you know, with... I can't think of names at the moment. Um, yeah, you, you saw the loss of Danaher. That's the one, Danaher. Fantasia. Yep, that one. That's what you're looking for. That's what but they they're did, the names I'm thinking of. They did end up picking up some new names in um Isaac Smith no that was Geelong Isaac Smith Geelong. picked up um in Jai Caldwell that's who I'm thinking of so yeah he looked good actually he did he he's a nice young young player that hopefully will um adapt really well then obviously you had uh Peter Wright come in from the Suns as well um yeah and he seemed like he had a bit of promise and you know kind of sh- showed what uh what he could have done at the Suns but obviously he's being kicked off when you've got one of the King brothers there. What can you do? <laughs> the the two to really watch for me from Essendon uh, were those young kids that they have brought in, and that is Nick Cox, uh, Harrison Jones, and Archie Perkins. Now, Archie Perkins had a rough day. I think he came on 
uh, as players came off, he wasn't he didn't play the full game. But Nick Cox and Harrison Jones collected nine disposals each, kicked a couple of behinds between them. Mm. So just a little bit of refining. They're both uh, tall boys, so it might take a little bit of development. But fans would have really loved seeing them out on the park. Um, and also for the Geelong Cats, you mentioned uh, Isaac Smith coming across. Yeah. Um, and they also were missing Higgins, so they'd still be looking forward to his return. Yeah, um, on to the next one, on to the Sunday afternoon game. It's got the Giants versus Sydney, the Sydney Clash. Uh, Giants beating out uh, Sydney uh, by 28 points. Not without a push from the Swans, though, I, I hear. Yes, I believe so. Um, I'm, yeah, so I mean, they came back in the third quarter there. We're trying to tease it back, kind of pull it back a little bit, but um, it looks like the Giants just kicked away in that fourth quarter as well. Definitely. Um, some some standout performances. You've got uh, Tim Taranto, 31 disposals and one goal. Jake Popper and Harry Perryman, 25 disposals. And Josh Kelly. So this Giants team is absolutely loaded with talent still. Um, and yeah, definitely a lot to look forward to there. The Swans um, were obviously a little bit more exposed down back, missing Aaliyah Aaliyah, who's, yes. who's gone off the port. Yeah. Um, so uh, an honourable job. Um, some definitely some new names in there for the Swans as well. And Parker had a really good game. By looks for twenty-two disposals and three goals for him. Yeah, that's a good effort from Luke Parker, one of my personal favourites. Um, definitely wanted to give a shout out. Now, excuse me if I say this one wrong. That's okay. You're against me. I don't think anything you could say could be wrong at this point. Um, for the Giants, Brun. I'm going to go with Braun. Sure. B-R-U-H-N. Um, four goals, one. So that's a nice little load for him. And then obviously three goals for Toby Green and three goals for Harrison Himmelberg. Yes, yes. On next to the next game. one. Sweet. So we've got the Adelaide cra- uh, Crash. Clash. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Adelaide Crap. And I was like, that's a bit harsh. Well, sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Adelaide Crows versus Port Adelaide, obviously uh, the Port power um won by 71 points just kind of kicked away at the end you can really show that the crows don't have that much depth and that much talent in their side at this very moment um especially when you're going against power who uh just seem to uh just pulling that momentum from last year and carrying it on into this year yeah a lot of people thought that uh port adelaide would go the the full distance last year and they they well might have if the grand final had ended up being in Adelaide, um, but obviously they just didn't make it that far. You saw the uh, the usual suspects for um, power racking up disposals in Houston, Bonner, uh, Burn Jones, uh, Robbie Gray, all of them heavily contributed in the midfield. And obviously for Adelaide, you saw Matt Crouch for the first time without his brother, Brad, in the same yes. side. So Brad's obviously headed to Victoria. Uh, I've drawn a blank where he's gone to. Come on, you got this. Think about it. Now we'll get back to it. <laughs> we'll get back to it. Brad Crouch is gone. Matt Crouch is left on his own. You're doing a live Google, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know where my brain's gone. That's okay. It's been Apologies. a long week. It's fine. It must be the cold Just keep... medicine. <laughs> so, um, obviously, we also had um, Dixon wasn't in the side as well. So, they uh, replaced him with, uh, not replaced him, but they, they gave someone else a bit of a try for the tall forward. And that happened to be uh, Mitch Georgiades and Peter Adams. 
And then obviously the top goal scorer was their recruit from Essendon, Horacio Fantasia. Yeah, he played pretty well by all, all seams of it. Yes. Um, so a tough game for the Crows. Hopefully they can improve on that. They can continue to rise. Um, but definitely a tough start to the season for the Crows. Um, let's head across to Sunday evening where we had the Eagles take on the Dockers. And um, it was the Eagles by 10 points in, in a pretty close Western Derby, preseason Derby. Did you say that it was... Matt Crouch. Brad Crouch. He's Brad Crouch. Kilda, yes, he went to St. Kilda. I was like, wait, hold on. I was a bit confused there. Yeah, anyway, continue. Continue, continue. <laughs> Such um, a scuffed episode. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell we're tired? Can you tell it's been a long week? Yeah, it's okay. Let's put, let's power through it. We've got a few more games and then, you know, run to our tips and see what happens after that. Yes, yes. So, as I mentioned, the Eagles are getting over the top of the Dockers by 10 points and this game was one that was full of some injuries yes big uh blow after big blow you know so we saw a big collision between nat fife and zach langdon Mm -hmm. and uh that saw langdon being stretched off the field after having a whiplash motion through his neck looked pretty nasty he hit he hit fifey and then hit someone i can't remember who which player was but hit someone else yeah in the back of his head so he's got a double whammy there and he just looked completely out of it once he was on the ground. He was trying to get up and then just collapse back again. But, um, you know, hopefully he's okay and it's nothing that a few weeks off won't help. Yeah, definitely. Now, if I was free, I wouldn't be too disappointed with Neither this would I. game. Looking at the stats, you've got a pretty even midfield contest with Agaf, sorry, Andrew Gaff, uh, Dom Sheed, Jack Redden, picking up uh, 31, 29, 24 disposals, respectively. But then you've also got uh, Ethan Hughes, Andy Brayshaw, and Nat Five picking up 31, 28, and 27 disposals, respectively, for Fremantle. And also Fifey with a goal as well. Yeah, I love it when Fifey kicks goal, gets up and about. Um, so not total disappointment for Freo in that game. Um, I think they've definitely got some young stars they're continuing to build and continuing to impress so just have yeah. to see how they go out in the west for the start of our 2021 season yeah on to the next one i'll let you take the lead on this one well it's only the dogs versus melbourne um on the monday afternoon game obviously melbourne are quite hindered with injuries and people not playing at the moment so mm. it wasn't the best Melbourne side you could probably pick. Definitely not their best 22. Yeah, who were they missing? They were missing Viney. They were missing Oliver. They missed, obviously, Wiedemann and uh, Brown. Ben Brown. Yeah. Um, so their midfield and their forward probably weren't the best of shapes, especially when no, no need to mm. gloat or anything, but the Dogs midfield and their forward line and are pretty good at the moment, I want to say. No, I'll give you that. Yeah, um, so obviously they were a very, very hindered side Melbourne, but they did still show quite promising things with this hindered side. Dogs only winning by 39 points and only really kicking out towards the end of the game. Now, if you have a look at these midfield stats from the dog, oh. mind you, this is without Trelaw. Yes. Obviously that gun recruit from the uh, Pies. Yeah. You've got McRae collecting 39, Caleb Daniel collecting 34, Marcus Bontempelli collecting 32 plus three goals one. Absolutely. Josh Dunkley collecting 32 disposals and Liberatore collecting 31. And as well as that, Lockie Hunter with just a lazy 27. <laughs> hey, how dare you call him lazy? 
Uh, no, then obviously backing that up, you've still got Bailey Smith who collected 25 and also one goal one. So a scary thought to think that you're going to add Trelaw into all of that. But it's almost just going to be a fight for who's yeah, going to be in that midfield. It's going to be a battle within a battle within yeah. a battle. Well, it's not even just a midfield. I think that the top 22 of the dogs is a bit hard to choose because, you know, Lipinski might not play the entire season. You might have... Um, Obviously, we had people like Scott, uh, as a Scott, who's a recruit, coming in, kicking a couple goals, seeing his potential kind of come in. He might only have a game or two in the um, in the uh, 2021 season. Um, obviously, Crozier got hit out with a shoulder injury. That one looked um, a bit more serious. Yeah, by the sounds of it, it was the more serious one out of the three injuries between Norton, um, who was the other one? Sorry, Crozier and... Oh, I'm blanking my uh, third Vandermeer one. Vandermeer went out. Vandermeer went out with a hip thing. Um, so, obviously, it's going to be hard for, uh, you know, the coaching team to choose their top 22 because there it seems like there's a lot of talent in the Bulldog side. A lot of depth. Um, obviously, like we touched on, the, the Ds uh, were just lacking in, in their depth and their side. Uh, Stephen May was the standout. Um, and he went off with back. injury. He at did the end. go out uh, out with an injury at the end, but still collected twenty seven disposals before that. Uh, I think he was one of those cases where they just put him on ice. Yeah. Obviously, you also saw Ed Langdon running that wing. Oh. He's a personal favorite of mine. He just yeah, he, knows his role and he plays his role. Yeah, he, absolute gun. He just runs from one end to another. He does the halfback uh, flank and just goes and is able to give the opportunities to their forward line. Obviously, I think if Melbourne had that deeper forward line mm. it might have helped out a bit more um or i was kind of impressed to see patrick's got 20 disposals here because he seemed very quiet on the day as well yeah keeping in mind that 20 disposals in a full length yeah, game is, is also still a little bit of a quiet game for Petrarca when we know him to be a major ball winner still kicked a goal though so there's that shall we go into the final yes match? final preseason match it's up in queensland it was the gold coast suns versus brisbane lions obviously the lions winning by 28 points on this one niche your thoughts and the player stats for this one um i was really impressed by uh the gold coast suns early obviously uh the weather played a little bit of a role in this it was a bit of a scrappy affair and the suns um kind of went out hard early and struggled to hold on uh, fitness-wise, as as the game progressed, um, obviously we saw that shocking injury to Cam Rayner, yeah. um, which was a big blow for a preseason game. Um, but some individual performances that were really impressive. Uh, we saw Jared Berry and Lockie Neal, some usual suspects for the Lions. Berry is so good. Yeah, we've got a bit of a Jared Berry fan over there. Um, and then for the Suns, we had uh, Brandon Ellis, Took Miller, Lockie Weller collecting 31, 30, 29 disposals each. So definitely no issues winning the ball. Um, it was also very exciting to see none other than Matt Rowell yeah. take to the field. Um, and he definitely played a role. 20 disposals. We know he's capable of a little bit more than that. But coming off an injury, first time back out, playing a, a full-length uh, game. Yes. Definitely exciting signs for the Suns there. Hopefully they are able to show a bit more of a contest um, with their kind of beefed up side. I think their midfield is actually pretty good with Miller, um, with Rao, um, Ellis as well. So I think they've got a potential to go kind of a little bit further than they did last year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, throughout this whole preseason, there are players that did not play. Um, so we haven't seen the full uh, the full best 22 of each of these sides. 
So interested to see how round one goes. Definitely can't wait to see the selections for round one and see what the coaches can take away from their preseason games. Yeah. Okay. You want to go on to the tips for the women's round Let's seven? Go on to the tips for the women's. I am excited. It's getting to the pointy end. I had a perfect tipping round. Yeah, you did too. Last week, not to. Uh, toot my own horn or anything but well, uh, still I'm, one pretty... point, I'm still one point ahead so don't toot your horn too hard yet not, not much longer though all right we've got our friday match uh we've got the sun's take on the tigers this one could go either way who you could got? go either way but i think it's richmond's gonna win i think the gold coast suns just don't have it <laughs> i don't think they've they've gotten better as the season's progressed but nothing too impressive i think richmond have a, a deeper field of players um, so yeah, I'm going with Richmond for that one. I think really the only thing that is going in the Suns' favour on this occasion is the fact that it is being played at Metricon. Um, however, I'm also going to jump on the Tiger train for this one. I think they Too have cute. got, uh, like you said, a little bit more depth. They're finally starting to link up through their midfield and, and get the ball from defence to attack a little bit quicker. Um, I think that the Tigers will take this one home. Yes. Um, next game, St Kilda GWS, who you got? I'm going to go with the Saints. Home game, they always play pretty well down at Moorabbin. They've struggled to uh, collect a win for quite a few weeks now, and I think they're going to be hungry just to prove a point that they can still get on the winner's list. Who are you going to go with? Yeah, I'm going to go with Saints as well. I think just GWS don't have the capability to run out the four quarters. I think St Kilda have been lacking maybe a little bit towards the end of this season. Um but yeah, I don't think it's going to be too much of a challenge for St Kilda to get the win over GWS. Awesome. All right. So we're going same, same for the first two rounds. Um, sorry, the first two matches of that round. Then on Saturday, Twilight match, we've got North take on the Dogs. Mm, I don't think it's a question that I won't go with the Dogs. Obviously, it wasn't the best show against the Pies, but the Pies are... Um, on a tear at the moment so yeah um, North has been picking up steam over the past couple of weeks actually starting to show that the kind of fire they had in the first couple of rounds but um, I can't not support the team that I love so yeah go dogs fair enough uh, I'm gonna actually jump on that train with you two no um, I want you off dogs for me <laughs> get off of the Carlton train <laughs> leave um, anyway on to the next one Melbourne Adelaide Crows niche who you got um, I am sticking with Adelaide for this one. Really? Really. I know it's out of Casey, I know, but I think... Um, That's what I was leaning towards because it's in Casey. I thought I was going to go... I'm going to go Melbourne for that one. It's not too tough a trip from Adelaide to Melbourne, so I'm going to go with Adelaide and um, this will be an interesting match, I guess. Yeah, I think both sides have really good talent, um, really good depth as well in all areas, so... Hopefully, Melbourne are able to pick up the victory here and I'm able to regain that point that I lost before. Yes. All right, next match, we've got my beloved Blues against the Freo Dockers. Now, this is a Carlton home game. Who you got? Um, I'm going to go with Fremantle because you have been just riding the coattails of Fremantle the entire season. Obviously, they've only lost one game this season and... I don't think Blues have what it takes to uh, defeat the Fremantle Dockers. I am going to stick with the Blues. Shock horror. Um, okay, if you're okay to lose. <laughs> well, I could say the same to you, buddy. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so I'm going to stick with the Blues. Obviously, we'll hopefully see the return of Taylor Harris, who was rested last week. Um, and I think that, you know, Maddie Press Parker's back to her normal best. Um, I don't think it was our strongest game, but I think we definitely are a side that builds towards the end of the season. And that is getting close, so hopefully we get to see some exquisite ball movement and footy from the Blues. Yes, next one. Brisbane Lions versus the undefeated Collingwood Magpies. Do, 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 do. This will be the only time you'll ever hear Niche yeah, sing that, that song. Can we cut that out? No. Well, I mean, you yeah. can. You're probably <laughs> editing this episode, to be honest. Um, Niche, who you got for this one? I have got the Collingwood Football Club. Whoa. They're undefeated. There's no reason to go against them. So, uh, yep, Collingwood for me. Yeah, um, I'm the same. Uh, oh, I was about to change it last second, but I'll go the same. I think Collingwood will continue this undefeated streak. Um, hopefully, Lions maybe might take them down a peg, but it's going to be hard. Collingwood are just smashing it out of the park recently. All right, we have the oh, final match of the right. round, and it will be the Eagles taking on the Cats. Who have you got? Eagles, Cats, both teams, um, not the best of teams in this women league. Wow, um, subtle. Well, I mean, I didn't call, what did I call the Cats the other week? I said <laughs> Handicat or like Handicats <laughs> or something like that. Um, oh, it's yeah, a hard one. Cat. Handicat. Oh, boo. <laughs> Terrible joke. It was really bad. That was. I think that's why you were saying it so quietly. Anyway, last one. Um, I'll go I'll go with West Coast over the Cats. I just don't think the Cats... The Cats can run for two quarters and they just die. So mm. um, maybe they need those extra nine lives to keep going. <laughs> Hopefully there's only nine rounds. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. Over in uh, Western Australia, it's a tough trip. For the uh, women, the the cats. So, yeah, definitely Eagles for me. Okay, well, there you go. We differ on two. We differ on um, Melbourne, D-T-Mans. Adelaide, and then Carlton Fremantle. So, let's see who comes out uh, victorious this round. All right, that just about does it for us this week. Thank you for tuning into episode six. Remember, if you would like to send us a message you can dm us on our instagram find us at after the siren podcast um feel free to send us your top footy moment or any feedback any people you would like for us to get on the podcast because we are hopefully going to get some interviews going and also if you would like to find us on twitter we are at after the siren underscore if you would like our personal instagrams for whatever reason um you can find those in the description of this episode Anything to add, Josh? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I, I love how we say we're going to go short. It's about 40 minutes now, <laughs> so that's great. Um, anyway, yes. Thank you. <laughs> and good night. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you. Too.